Okay, boys and girls, it's now time for Treks in Sci-Fi. Hello, everyone. This is Treks in Sci-Fi, show number 22. And today is January the 22nd, Sunday morning. It's going to be a lot of fun this week. We're getting back to our normal format a little bit. And off we go. Treks in Sci-Fi. No, Mrs. Spock. Your agonizer, please. There's a whole galaxy gone crazy. Kind of a uniform assist. So one man can change the present. Stand by to receive our transmission. Well, hello again, everyone. It's your friend Rico, blah, 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 trying to talk this morning. It's Rico at Trex and Sci-Fi. How's everyone doing? I'd like to uh, just say hi to any new listeners that uh, might be tuning in to the show for the first time. And again, always uh, as always, welcome back all the uh, the long-timers that have been listening to the show for, uh, for the many uh, podcasts that I've done over the last few months. Well, 22 now. Uh, so this uh, this week we're getting back to our normal format for the show. Going to be doing some uh, listener email, talk about some general sci-fi news and information, and then we'll be moving into our main segment, which will uh, dis- I'll be discussing the original series Star Trek episode Mirror Mirror, which is I know a big favorite of myself and is a big fan favorite because uh, it's got Spock with a beard in it. Come on, you know. How, how much more cool can you get in a Star Trek episode? So that'll be coming up later in the show. And I'll also be looking briefly at the end of the show at another replica, of course. This one is going to be from uh, Lord of the Rings. It's a Master Replica's uh, Ring of Sauron. Neat, real neat little replica. There's some photos up on the collectible section on the website uh, that you can take a look at. So I'll be talking about that later on. But first we're going to get to uh, the listener email section. Incoming transmission, Captain. Now, before uh, before I really get into the email section, I wanted to uh, first thank uh, one of my listeners, Chris Young, who's a big Star Trek fan. Um, we've talked a few times back and forth on email, and he gave me some pointers on how to set my uh, mixer up, which I've talked to other people about, and I did try to uh, do some modifications on the gain and level controls for uh, for the show this week. And I am hoping that uh, that improves things. I still need to get a uh, screen for the the puff sound kind of noise, uh, but uh, I think the sound should be uh, should be a little bit better this week. Uh, a little better waveforms on my uh, Audacity program that I'm seeing right now. So thanks a lot for uh, for that uh, advice, Chris. Really appreciate it. Uh, the first um, first email that I'm looking at I, since last week's show was that uh, group cast type show. I got a few more emails this week to go through uh, for the last couple of weeks. Not really a, a huge amount, but the first one is from uh, DeBash, I think is how you say it. I, his, his email is like uh, Julian Bashir is it's the first part of it. I won't read the whole thing, but he says, Hey, Rick, I continue to dig your podcast, especially the DS9 episode from a couple of weeks ago. Believe it or not, uh, he, he's looking forward to each week's installment as you have a great way of looking at the intrinsic value of Trek without droning. Keep up the terrific work. Uh, that uh, I really, really appreciate uh, 
that uh, comment, uh, Julian. Actually, this is D. sorry, uh, from the uh, forums. So, D, thanks a lot for that. And D also sent along a li- little audio clip, and I'm going to uh, play that for you right now. This is D. Beige of Retroactive Continuity, and you're listening to Treks and Sci-Fi with Rick Dosty. Geek NPR never sounded so good. Thanks a lot for the uh, nice uh, comment there, uh, D. Uh, the audio was a little, uh, a little had a little noise and static in it. I did the best I could with it, but thanks for the comment. Now on to uh, another email now. This one's from uh, Paula Murphy, a uh, female listener from our, uh, Texas. Uh, she says, Hi, Rico. My husband and I think your Trex and Sci-Fi podcast is the best. I especially appreciate the background information and trivia you provide for the original episodes. The info really adds perspective to my Star Trek viewing. Keep up the great work and thanks. Cheers. Uh, thanks a lot for that, Paula. I try to throw in as much as I can I, um, little tidbits that are not generally known maybe about the episodes as much as I possibly know and what I've learned over the years from going to conventions and talking to other Star Trek fans uh, and, and reading a lot of uh, material on the internet and, and books and things. So thanks a lot for uh, for that nice email, Paula. Okay, moving along, uh, the next uh, email uh, is from Michael F- Ferrarisi. Sorry, Michael, if I'm trashing your last name there. Uh, Mark, Michael says, uh, hi, love your show. You give me a perspective on the show that was made 20 years before I was born. Oh, now I'm feeling old. And it helps me understand in the mood uh, and I guess the vibe of that time. Anyways, he was, says, I was looking at your collection on the website and he saw the isolinear chips and was wondering where I got those from. He didn't know if I'd mentioned those on a podcast uh, since he hadn't listened to every show yet. Uh, he was only up to episode 16 when he wrote this. Uh, Michael, I, I think I yeah I know I wrote you back on this. Basically, um, there's a forum on the web called the Replica Prop Forum. I've talked about it a few times on the podcast and linked it on my website. That uh, there are a lot of fans of Star Wars, Star Trek, uh, and other things on that website, and a lot of our some of the collectibles that I I get are are fan made items. Basically, uh, talent, very talented people on that forum that, that make these things that aren't readily available right now. I've done some of that on my own also, but the isolinear chips, uh, Michael, were, were from another fan that I, I got them uh, fortunately from maybe about a year or so ago. And they're, they're just, it's a pretty basic little set. It's just some lucite type plastic material that he has uh, stenciled on um, the images of the circuit board of the chip and it's he's really well done i think it's i'm not sure how the process or what process he used for that maybe some kind of silk screening or or whatever but he really did a great job and, and if anyone also wants to uh, look at that a little bit more look in the uh, star trek section on the collection area on my website uh, www.treksandsci-fi.com and you'll be able to see that there so thanks for the uh, nice email michael the next uh, email I want to talk about is from uh, who I mentioned earlier who's helped me out with the audio a little bit, uh, from Chris Young, um, also known as the Guitar Man. Uh, Chris, uh, you wrote we wrote back and forth several times, so I'm not going to read exactly what you wrote. We wrote quite a few times, but um, Chris and I sound like we have a very uh, similar upbringing. You know, we were very much into the original series of Star Trek when it was being shown in reruns. Um, were of that era of, you know, before all the additional Star Trek series came out, 
we had to build a lot of these props and, and little set pieces on our own, made our own little uniforms, went to conventions, and uh, were really into the early in the early days of Star Trek fandom. So Chris, uh, I just want to say uh, we definitely got to hook up on Skype sometime and, and chit-chat about Star Trek and the good old days of uh, fandom to some degree uh, before you could buy so many easy-to-buy easy, easy to buy things. Although I like that now, too. That That's very... Uh, it's very nice to be able to do that, but there's some, there's something sort of nostalgic and, and kind of nice about that that early time uh, before everybody seemed to be uh, to some degree a Star Trek fan. Um, but uh, thanks a lot for uh, those emails. And like I said, oh, I also mentioned something to Chris that I'll, I'll mention here on the podcast. I may have previously, but there's a movie called Free Enterprise. You can buy or get this on DVD, pretty inexpensive, I think, on like Amazon. But it's a um, for, for especially for those older Star Trek fans that were in the early days of, of the original series reruns, this movie is basically about a couple of real Star Trek fans from that time also. And I, I really don't know how to describe this, except if, you, if you're into that Star Trek and, and, and you know that time to some degree, it's kind of set. It starts out, it's set around the start of the, or the premiering of the first Star Trek motion picture. And this is the one with William Shatner in it, and he kind of plays a caricature, a little bit of himself, a little bit of Kirk. Um, it's very hard to describe, but I'm telling you, if you're a Star Trek fan, pick up the Free Enterprise DVD, either buy it or rent it, and, and check it out. Uh, Chris mentioned he said it only costs 12 bucks on Amazon, and it's uh, it's well worth it. One of the guys, one of the actors in the movie is the same guy, Eric McCormick, who's on um, Will and Grace right now, so... You got that little tidbit too, but it, it's a lot of fun. That movie is probably the most. Uh, it, it's it's not really a parody either. It's a very realistic look at things. I mean, it's funny, but it's not silly, and um, it's not like the movies Trekkies where they kind of eh, they didn't really shed the best light on Star Trek fans in, in that film or in those films. But anyway, check out Free Enterprise. Okay, and the uh, the last email that I'm going to talk about is actually it was uh, kind of an email started back from an email that I wrote to another podcaster. Uh, there's a podcast out there called Star Wars Action News that basically just deals with Star Trek, uh, or sorry, Star Trek, uh, Star Wars, excuse me, Star Wars collecting, especially action figures and all the toys that are that are put out, and some of the higher end uh, Star Wars items. But uh, it's a it's a husband and wife team that are both really big Star Wars fans, and it's Arnie and Marjorie are their names. And I wrote him and basically just mentioned a little bit about my podcast, and told him that I really enjoyed his. They you know they give you a lot of tidbits on what what new Star Wars toys if you're into that are coming out and so forth. But he wrote me back. Uh, Arnie did. Uh, he says Rico, thanks for the email. He says he used to be a Star Trek big Star Trek fan uh, during the times of the of the movies and, and Next Gen. Um, but he never really uh, got into Voyager and Enterprise. He, uh, we talked about the back and forth, uh, Arnie and I did, about the Master Replicas Trek stuff, and I told him I was a big fan of that and, and had the items. So he just um, said he's going to be listening to my show. He downloaded the first uh, 15 episodes, going to listen to it. Uh, May the Force be with you also, Arnie, he said at the end of his email. So thanks a lot for that, Arnie. Uh, appreciate it and, and really do like your show. Anyone who's a Star Wars collector... Uh, Check out um, their podcast, which is Star Wars Action News, and their website is ReviewStarWars.com is what it is. And I think that's it. We're going to talk now. We're going to be do a little brief segment on uh, TV sci-fi news, and then we'll be getting to our Star Trek episode analysis. 
Oh, one last thing. I had one more audio comment that uh, Kenny from the forums sent in, and I'm going to play that for you uh, right now. Sorry about that, but we're going to play Kenny's comment, and then we'll come back uh, after that, talk about uh, TV and movies. Hi, Rico. It's Kenny, Star Trek Fanatic 5 on the boards. Just wanted to let you know how much I enjoy your podcast. I've been listening since the beta podcast. Uh, I really enjoy your section on collectibles since I'm a big collector. I like how you talk about old sci-fi and TV shows. Uh, And, of course, I love the reviews of all the Star Trek. I really enjoyed your Deep Space Nine review of the pilot episode. And look forward to more of uh, TNG, Voyager, Enterprise, DS9, and, of course, TOS reviews. Keep up the great work. All right, I'm back. Uh, The first thing I want to talk about for uh, this week in sci-fi and collectibles is the movie... Sorry, not not collectibles yet. I'm going to talk about the movie uh, Blood Rain. Um, Basically, I would say uh, don't go see this movie. Uh, Went with a friend about a, a week and a half or so ago, and it's just not good at all. We're trying to make up for that, and, and later today I think we're going to make it out to see uh, Underworld Evolution, which looks to be a lot better. But, you know, Blood Rain, uh, Yui Bowl, however you say his name, EU or whatever, um, does these video game films, and he just doesn't do a very good job with them. And the special effects, the action wasn't even all that great, and there was just um, too much blood in this movie, really. I mean, it was ridiculous almost, so... Um, I would avoid that film as much as possible. On a better uh, topic, let me turn down this music a little bit more. I want to talk about Sci-Fi Fridays. The um, Battlestar, Galactica, SG-1, um, SG Atlantis are all back, and it's um, it's been really good so far. I think we've only had a couple of weeks since they've been back on. and uh, Sorry, I think three now. And it's it's really good. SG One, yeah, it's it's okay. Um, yeah, uh, Stargate Atlantis, though, to me, is just a lot more fun. The characters, to me, have always been a little more interesting, a little more fun. Um, the uh, Battlestar Galactica, of course, is still just great. It's just kicking kicking butt. I mean, it's uh, it's just uh, really. I've said it before. One of the best sci-fi shows, if not one of the best shows on television right now. I really am disappointed in, in these people that do Golden Globes or whatever else, all these awards-type things that sci-fi shows in general are always kind of ignored. But um, Battlestar Galactica, you know, this uh, this show just deserves so much more attention from the awards people than it gets. And I, I don't know why they, they've always ignored things like that. Uh, it's just... Uh, it's a big disappointment to me. But anyway, check those out, Sci-Fi Fridays, Sci-Fi Channel. And um, I think that's it. That's all I wanted to talk about on the Sci-Fi News. We need to move on anyway into the uh, main section, which we're going to talk about, the original series episode, Mirror, Mirror. And that's coming up right now. Captain's log, stardate unknown. I command an enterprise where assassination of superiors is a common means of advancing in rank. You must know what you're doing. 
Well, let me go! Spock! Get these men off me! All right, Spock. Whatever your game is, I'll play it. Our minds are merging, Doctor. I am ordered to kill you and to proceed against the Halkins as the new captain of the Enterprise. Okay, everyone, that, uh, of course, was the uh, preview on the DVD set uh, for Mirror, Mirror, the episode that we're going to be talking about this week. This is a, um original series episode, of course. This, uh, this episode was during uh, the early part of the second season when it was filmed and aired, and... Uh, it's uh, it's amazing to me, just a little bit of things, just before we get into the meat of the show, it's amazing to me that even here 40 years later, how much uh, that happened in the episode still shows up in uh, other TV shows, is referenced in pop culture, you know, any anytime, I even remember an episode of South Park, which I, I've watched off and on over the past few years, where there was a, a Cartman, a little character, or one of the little boys on that show that shows up one day at the bus stop, and he's got a beard, he's got a little goatee, and it's, uh, you know, the, he's obviously from the alternate South Park dimension, you know, where uh, things are just reversed, and Cartman on, on the show, for those, without getting into, you know, off on the, a tangent too much, but he, he's the real bad kid, basically, he's the one that usually a lot of times gets all the other kids into uh, trouble, so... Um, it's funny because the alternate Cartman on South Park is is good. He, he's real nice to everyone, helps him out, does nice things. So that that was kind of funny, I thought. But I just wanted to say, you know, how much of the what happened in this uh, original uh, forty five minute or so episode of uh, the original series uh, creeps its way into things even forty years later. I think it just shows the enduring appeal of Star Trek and how these ideas are, are really classic ideas. And now, in science fiction, this idea of alternate universes, parallel universes with ours, has been tossed around for for a long time and has also been done in other shows since Star Trek. But um, I think that Star Trek did it really, really well. Uh, the The episode is, is really, really well done. And it's always fun to see the, the characters that you're used to operating in, in, in a lot of different ways. Uh, you get to see the... the the good uh, crew of the Enterprise on this alternate Enterprise with with these nasty people with the agony booth and all that kind of stuff, where everyone assassinates everyone else to to rise up or raise up in rank, and then you get to see the the evil crew uh, on the on the good ship Enterprise and how they they are acting and basically they get tossed in the brig right right away. Spock just uh, it, it's not they don't have a they, they really there was a line in the in the episode where. Spock basically tells Kirk, you know, they, it was easy for the civilized guys of the Enterprise to to behave a little barbaric, but the barbaric people they just couldn't couldn't hack it. They couldn't perform, uh, you know, a little more civilized, so they, they were easily discovered. But anyway, let's go uh, let's go to back to the beginning a little. This episode, uh, Mirror Mirror, written by Jerome Bixby, was again in the early part of the second season. Now, a couple of interesting things when I looked up some stuff on the episode, uh, a couple of things I didn't even realize. One is uh, the original outline for this uh, episode had Kirk only going to the alternate universe, to the Mirror Mirror universe, as it's referred to, 
and it wasn't uh, like it ends up in the episode. Uh, Kirk, uh, Dr. McCoy, uh, Scotty, and Uhura end up in the alternate universe. And I, I'm glad that they ended up with the four of them. For one, I, I always enjoy when there are more uh, of the crew involved in a Star Trek episode. I think that it lends a lot more to the episode. Now, it does turn into mostly a Kirk-Spock episode for the most part. But McCoy, you know, he's helping out Scotty, helping them rig up the uh, the alternate Enterprise transporter system to get them back home. And, you know, there, there's a lot of good McCoy interaction with Kirk. Um McCoy has to sort of pretend to be an engineer a little bit. And then there's the whole Uhura thing uh, in her, her sort of skimpy little two-piece outfit on the bridge, sort of uh, seducing a little bit uh, Sulu uh, to try to get him to distract it at one point when they, they need to uh, do some engineering work from his... Uh, he's uh, head of security, actually. He's also the helmsman still on the bridge, but he's also a, a security chief on the Enterprise. And I think that's uh, an interesting little twist there that how they're all watching each other on this alternate enterprise. So uh, I obviously uh, really, really like this, this episode. It's, it's got a lot of great acting. There are a lot of cool scenes in it. And again, I, I like all the little different uniform touches, the way they change the look of the enterprise. Everyone carries around a little dagger on their hip along with a, a phaser all, all the time. And it, it, it's just a lot of fun. It starts out, you know, their enterprise uh, crew, uh, the four of them are on this, planet talking to the Hulkins about um, the ability they want to be able to mine dilithium, you know, which is the crystal that, you know, is needed for the engines and warp power and all that good stuff. They need those uh, on the Enterprise and they want to form a sort of a treaty to to mine this on their planet and the Hulkins aren't too too keen on that idea. This is in the regular universe. And then there's this ion storm and the crew is swept when they're beaming, when they're beaming up back to the Enterprise they're they're pulled into this alternate universe alternate reality so the first clip that i'm going to play for you is is when they first get back there to the the alternate universe actually the second clip the first one i played was the preview so listen to this clip about uh, when they first arrive uh in the alternate universe captain's log stardate unknown during an ion storm my landing party is beamed back to the enterprise and found it and the personnel aboard changed the ship is subtly altered physically. Behavior and discipline has become brutal, savage. Mr. Scott, the storm has caused some minor damage in your section. There are also injuries requiring your attention, Doctor. Well, gentlemen? Mr. Spock? Yes? The power beam jumped for a moment, sir, just as the landing party was about to materialize. I never saw it happen before. Due to your error, Mr. Kyle? No, Mr. Spock. Before. Be a result of the severe storm. Captain, do you feel any abnormal effects? Yes. Dr. McCoy, you better look us over. That was a rough beam up. Yes, sir. It's uh it's interesting how they're uh everyone really is uh, afraid of uh you know good old Mr. Spock in uh, the alternate universe. You know, they've got these things called agonizers, these little things they all wear on their on their belts, uh which I've always kind of wondered, you know, they they each have these, and are are they tuned into their own body somehow, their body chemistry? I don't know, but uh, you know, Spock asks uh, Kyle there in the transporter room, Mister Kyle, for his agonizer, and then he zaps him a little bit because he thinks he messed up on the transporter beam up, but he doesn't realize it was this uh, ion storm problem uh, that really caused the the issue and. I, I really like how they uh, they changed everybody's outfits to some degree on this. Kirk's walking around in his gold little sort of uh, 
sleeveless uh, outfit, and Uhura's uh, got her changed uh, one, and, and Spock's got, you know, even in the alternate universe, his looks a little different. He's got, a, uh, like, sort of an inside high collar on it, and the little touches like that uh, really make this show. It just, uh, interesting thing about the alternate parallel universe ideas are that, you know, the, this idea that everything is out there that you, you know, it's kind of like you go down a road and you make a decision. You go left, you go right, you go straight, whatever. And the idea is, is every one of these little alternate universes is out for each of those possible decisions. So, but in this particular one, the Enterprise is is part of an empire that's that's evil and you know, a lot more different than the kindly federation that's around that we know of. So the next clip that I'm going to play for you is a little bit uh, with, uh, this moves along in the episode quite a bit. This is in, uh, there's a scene where Chekhov has been tossed into this uh, agony booth. Now this is related to uh, a plot to try to take out uh, Captain Kirk in order for everyone else to um, level up basically in rank. So uh, there, this is a good scene with uh, with that situation and the discussion between Kirk and Spock about uh, what they should do about uh, Chekhov. And uh, Spock's starting to suspect uh, Kirk isn't quite the Kirk he's used to. So listen to this clip. The agony booth is the most effective means of discipline. I presume you've ordered full duration. I haven't decided. His act warrants death. I said I haven't decided. That is, of course, your affair. Captain, I inquire if you intend to persist in your unusual course of action regarding the Halkins. You heard my orders. They are, of course, in contradiction to standard Empire procedure. You cannot ignore the consequences. I do not threaten, Captain. I merely state facts. I have found you to be an excellent officer. Our missions together have been both successful and profitable. However, I shall not permit your aberrations to jeopardize my position. Yeah, there was uh, Walter Koenig as Chekhov. Uh, still the best uh, screamer and and in basically uh, science fiction uh he does a great job always. Uh, did it in Rathacon and with the little creatures in his body and in his ear. Uh, and then in this, uh, in the agony booth here, because, uh, you know, Kirk stopped his uh, assassination attempt. The um, When I was watching the show again, uh, collecting up the audio for it, uh, one of the neat things I noticed again, and I've noticed this before, but... You know, everyone, especially the officers, I don't know about everyone. I don't think everyone on the ship, that, that it, that'd be a little bit too many people. But the officers, at least, all have these personal guards. And in that scene where Kirk and Spock were just talking there near the agony booth, you can see the uh, personal guard for Mr. Spock is another Vulcan. And, of course, Kirk has got uh, just a regular human guy there following him around. But it's kind of neat because, you know, the Enterprise has never really had and, and shown in our universe, at least, in the good universe, a um, that there are other Vulcans aboard, but in this parallel one, you know, you have Spock. That he, it obvi- it's obvious that he only will trust a Vulcan to sort of stick by him and guard him. So I thought that was kind of neat, um, especially since you don't see a lot more a lot of Vulcans uh, on the Enterprise usually. 
Oh, I wanted to also say Jerome Bixby. You know, he, he's a very good writer, science fiction, fantasy author. And this episode in particular, Mirror, Mirror, was uh, also nominated for the, the yearly uh, Hugo Award for uh, a dramatic uh, presentation. And that's um, it also, uh, you know, another episode that I talked about way early on in the podcast where it was, um, excuse me, trying to talk again, um, was City on the Edge of Forever was another Hugo. Uh, that, that one actually did win. Um, but Mirror Mirror was nominated, so you, you can see this this episode has gotten a lot of attention and a lot of uh, it did get some uh, recognition for how how good it is, and which, which is a nice thing. It, it'd be nice if, uh, like I was talking about when I was talking about sci-fi in general, you know, if the regular type award shows, uh, Oscars and Emmys and things like that, would recognize these shows a little bit more. I, I think the Oscars with movies these days have to some degree, although still not, I think, mainstream. But uh, the the other ones, especially television, you know, there's a lot of really good sci-fi on these days, and I, I just wish they'd pay more attention to it. So, so moving on a little bit more in the episode, um, I'm going to play the. There's a clip where they're in. Uh, Kirk's quarters on the alternate Enterprise, and he gets a little bit of background on what's happened in the past, how he became captain of this Enterprise. This clip is a little bit long. It goes into you know what they're planning on trying to do to to get themselves back to their universe. It's a couple minutes long, but I, I think there's some interesting things in this piece of audio that I got. So so listen to this in uh, Kirk's uh, quarters, talking to the computer, finding out uh, what kind of captain he is in this this parallel universe. Listen to this. Read out official record of current command. Captain James T. Kirk succeeded to command ISS Enterprise through assassination of Captain Christopher Pike. First action, suppression of Gorlan uprising through destruction of rebel home planet. Second action, execution of 5,000 colonists on Vega 9. Cancel. Now we know. Captain... We can do it. Good. We have to lay in the automatic transporter setting. But when we interrupt engine circuits to tie the power increase into the transporter, it'll show up on Sulu's security board. Of course, we'll only need a second. I'll tell Uhur to create a diversion to distract Sulu's attention. At your signal. We better get back to our posts. Keep me advised. Jim, if we're here... What do you suppose our counterparts are doing back in our universe? On our enterprise. You traitorous pig. I'll hang you up by your Vulcan ears. Are you all executed? I think not. Your authority on this ship is extremely limited, Captain. The four of you will remain here in the brig and in custody until I discover how to return you to wherever it is you belong. Has the whole galaxy gone crazy? What kind of a uniform is this? Where's your beer? What's going on? Where's my personal guard? I can answer none of your questions at this time. <laughs> All right, Spark. Whatever your game is, I'll play it. You want credits, I'll give them to you. You'll be a rich man. A commander your own? I can swing that, too. Apparently, some kind of transposition has taken place. I find it extremely interesting. Spock, what is it that will buy you? 
power. Fascinating. Yeah, that's uh, that's a nice clip there. It goes into a lot of different areas. Uh, it's interesting to see they they don't show a lot of the 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 good Enterprise and the crew aboard. Obviously, they're just kind of stuck in the brig anyway. I always kind of wondered when when I watched this uh, at the end. You know, when they they transport back to the good Enterprise from the mirror universe, were those guys in the transporter room Spock's there? So uh, you, you kind of wonder how all that worked out. Did they have to be uh, in the transporter room? Were they just down in the brig and disappeared and went back to theirs when when the good group uh, came back? I, I don't know. That that's uh, it's an interesting idea or or thought. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about in in reference to mirror mirror and and a lot of people out there probably listening already know this, but Deep Space Nine did several episodes in the Mirror Universe over the course of its run. Um, not sure which which season the first time they did that. It wasn't that long into it. Maybe the second or the third year was the first time. But um, there are seeds that are that are kind of planted at the end of this episode when Kirk talks to Spock, and I've got a clip of that that I'll play in a bit here. For um, you know, Kirk kind of convinces Spock. I'm getting a little ahead of myself about sort of defying the empire and going against what they're planning and all that. And, and he, he sort of appeals to, to Spock's innate logic. And, you know, the interesting, another interesting thing in this episode is how the Spock, even in the alternate universe, isn't really a completely bad guy. Not like the, the other crew, the rest of the crew appears to be. He's still sort of logical Vulcan. He's going along with things. He, he's not obviously as, as sort of nice, I guess is the best way to put it, as the, the Spock without the beard is. But he still can be reasoned with, and he still is a, is a very logical, kind of honorable uh, guy. So uh, I, I really like that. I like that they, they didn't make these characters black and white in, in one universe versus the other, especially the character of Spock. So I, I thought that was an interesting thing. Now the other... Uh, other big kind of area of this episode that we're going to talk about now is um, in the alternate universe, lo and behold, the captain has uh, what's known as the captain's woman, who is basically, um, I guess you could call her like a concubine in, in essence, sort of like in, in warlords in the past, uh, you know, would would have, you know, many concubines or wives. Uh Captain Kirk in the alternate universe has this woman uh, known as the Captain's Woman, who takes care of him, lives in his quarters. I guess uh, I think she. They mentioned she has quarters of her own, but um, that's basically her role on the Enterprise: keep the Captain happy. And William Shatner just has a great time as Captain Kirk with with this uh, with this little thing. Of course, there's, it's always been uh, uh, you know Star Trek and. Kirk gets the girl thing and alien women or whoever else and all that, but this is sort of a pre-set up. Hey, you know, the, the captain has a woman on the alternate Enterprise. Maybe uh, this isn't such a bad place after all, I think uh, he might be thinking. So anyway, uh, this um, this is an interesting little twist that I'm going to play a, a clip between Marlena, who's the captain's woman, um, and Captain Kirk in his quarters uh, after they've been talking about things and She's starting to kind of uh, suspect this this Kirk is is not the Kirk she's used to. So listen to this. I want one thing, Captain. Transfer me. On the Enterprise, I am humiliated. On another ship, I can hunt fresh game. I've got my rank. Don't I? 
I've been a captain's woman and I like it. I'll be one again if I have to go through every officer in the fleet. You could. I simply meant that you could be anything you want to be. That's uh, that's Barbara Luna playing uh, Lieutenant Marlena Moreau. She does a really really good job in this episode. It's uh, it's kind of too bad that they didn't include her. You know, she pops up in the in the good universe at the end of the episode as this new lieutenant on on the Enterprise, and there's a, there's a good little line, uh, and I'm going to play that in in towards the end. But uh, the uh, the whole concept of the captain's woman was I think a lot of fun and the other key part that that brought out uh, is the this Tantalus field thing. Basically there's this little device in, in Captain Kirk's quarters that you, you find out about that this is this is something that's helped him rise to power. It, it has the ability to sort of lock in on, on a person on, on the Enterprise and basically poof they're gone. You, you just sort of lock in on them you can view what's going on and it uh, has the ability to look everywhere it appears to be on the Enterprise, find someone, and zap them. Gone. Poof. You don't like somebody? Gone. They're gone. So uh, that is a pretty powerful uh, device, and Marlena shows it to, to Kirk, and he goes, Whoa, that's uh, a little scary there. So it's uh, interesting that, that Kirk in the alternate universe, the, you know, the evil Kirk, is is got this tool that's really helped him... Uh, become who he is there not so much just his abilities and his captaincy and his ruthlessness um but this tantalus field device so so you've got the captain's woman tantalus field uh they're trying to get off the enterprise the next thing i'm going to talk about or the next clip i want to play there's there's a scene where spock tries to stop them from escaping and this is a pretty quick little clip but uh, it shows a lot about our crew of the enterprise and dr mccoy where Spock gets injured in this in this fight that they have, and Dr. McCoy says they can't just leave him, they need to save him. So I'm going to play that for you uh, now. Anything laid in, Scotty? The time lag so the operator can get into the transporter chamber? All laid in, sir. Come on, McCoy. You're taking a chance on not getting back home. We'll get home. This won't take long. 14 minutes, we've got to go. Shut up. I can save his life. You want me to stop, Jim? Only take a minute. He is very much like our own Mr. Spock, isn't he? You've got that minute. A little time, he'll live. Yeah, again, again, I have to say that uh, this, these kind of scenes like that where they're using Scotty, they're using McCoy, Kirk, um, are, are just just great I, I love the interaction of the crew like that it, it this episode would not nearly have been as interesting if it would have just been kirk over in the alternate universe you know that actually has happened before i mean kirk's been presented and, and shown his his evil twin side in the in the early uh, season first season episode um the enemy within when he was split basically in two by the transporter again that that nasty transporter man it you go through that and you don't know what's going to happen i can understand why dr mccoy never really liked it but you know, Kirk has experience in a way of dealing with his his evil and alternate side, and, and in a way he had he can use that and call upon that, those experiences to deal with these people in this universe. And 
and, and he understands that situation, I think, a little bit better. But, um, again, good scene there. They, they can't leave. McCoy won't leave Spock, even if he is a nasty, evil, bearded Spock behind. So they they do spend a few extra moments there to save him. And that that's just shows a lot about what, you know, the difference between the, the good crew of the Enterprise and the, the alternate universe. You know, the alternate universe, if they got had the ability to do anything or kill anyone, they would have just done it without hesitation. And and that uh, those decisions that they make are, are what separates the two. And it's um, it's good stuff, good good uh, good TV there, good drama. So the next thing I want to play, we're getting pretty much near the end of the episode. We're going to play the part in the uh, transporter room now. This is a scene. This probably is the the ultimate scene in the episode for me, at least. This scene is the discussion between the alternate Spock with the beard and Captain Kirk. And Kirk, in his uh, usual Kirkian way, uh, logic and and reasoning with Spock about uh, what he needs to do and how Spock needs to handle uh, his position in this universe. So this this is a really good good scene so listen listen to this doesn't logic demand that you be a part of it one man cannot summon the future but one man can change the present be the captain of this enterprise mr spark find a logical reason for sparing the halkins and make it stick push till it gives you can defend yourself better than any man in the fleet captain get in the chamber what about it spark a man must also have the power In my cabin is a device that will make you invincible. Indeed. What will it be? Past or future? Tyranny or freedom? It's up to you. It is time. In every revolution, there's one man with a vision. Captain Kirk, I shall consider it. Great, uh, great stuff there between uh, William Shatner, Leonard Nimoy, Kirk and Spock, uh, even with the alternate bearded Spock. Just, just really good. Uh, I wanted to say one more thing about uh, what's going on in this episode. What goes on in a lot of the original series episode, and I've talked about this many times, is the music. I just, uh, I just really miss Star Trek and, and kind of TV. And there are a few TV shows I think that use music real well these days. Ones that I watch. Um, one of them is, uh, you know, this the the new. Um, sorry, blurring my words again. Uh, there's a TV show called Twenty Four actually, and I think that uses music real effectively uh, in it that I like to uh, I like to watch that also, but um, th- these days, the music is a lot more subtle in, in TV and movie. Well, maybe not so much in movies, but definitely in television, I think they use it a lot more subtly. And But I think Star Trek got away with it because it was such, the ideals and the, the values and, and the different things, and, and they talked about and discussed and, and dealt with big issues and big topics, and I think that calls for sort of almost over-the-top kind of music, but it, it, it works. It just really works for these episodes. Um, it's very, um, 
uh, operatic, I guess is maybe a way to put it. I'm not really a huge into opera, and, and maybe that may be not even the right analogy or to kind of point uh, to make, but the, the music sets the mood so much with this. I, I'll use another thing, actually, as an analogy, is, is the Star Wars films. To me, if you took the music out of the Star Wars films, those films would lose so much. Uh, it just it, it's, it's just unbelievable to me how much the the impact the the drama the the pathos the everything the emotion the emotion I guess is what it comes down to what um, what Star Wars the, the Star Wars films would lose without music and and I think the original series the same thing without the music that they had in some of these original series episodes I just don't think they would have the impact that they do and you wouldn't remember it I mean there are episodes of Star Trek from the original series especially that if you just played a little clip of the music, I can almost immediately, even though it was used in multiple episodes, I can tell you, um, and this just shows how much I've seen these episodes, I guess, to some degree, but it, it, it will set the mood, and I can tell you what episode that was that was in and, and where it was used, and it, it just, to me, shows a lot of how, how much that music adds to the show and adds to the value of the episodes, so... Enough about the music I've uh, rambled on, but I, I, I really like, obviously really like the music in, in both films and TV shows when it's, used, when it's done well. Um, and it's, very, it's done very well in, in Star Trek, in the original series especially. So Now, the, everything's pretty much wrapped up now. They're back on the original uh, good Enterprise. There's a scene on the bridge at the end with uh, Kirk, Spock, McCoy talking about what happened, and that's the next clip that I'm going to play for you. Uh, I think it's about the last clip almost. I have a quick little snippet of uh, Kirk uh, after that, but I'll play the uh, the three of them discussing what had happened and what they thought about everything. So listen to this one uh, now. Jim, I think I liked him with a beard better. Gave him character. Of course, almost any change would be a distinct improvement. <laughs> What worries me is the easy way his counterpart fitted into that other universe. I always thought Spock was a bit of a pirate at heart. Indeed, gentlemen. May I point out that I had an opportunity to observe your counterparts here quite closely. They were brutal, savage, unprincipled, uncivilized, treacherous. In every way, splendid examples of Homo sapiens. The very flower of humanity. I found them quite refreshing. I'm not sure, but I think we've been insulted. I'm sure. Again, nice, uh, nice scene. I really always enjoyed the the endings to the original series episodes. Most of them end up on the bridge, and it's Kirk, Kirk and Spock, or Kirk, Spock, and McCoy talking about what happened. And I'm noticing and watching. I've been watching a lot of Deep Space Nine over the last uh, couple of weeks with my uh, with my son. And I'm noticing a lot of the a lot of those episodes, and while they're good still, and, and TNG and the same things, they they don't always have this little wrap up, and I and I kind of miss that. I always have thought that the the, the future, uh, maybe the, the later, let's say Star Trek series, the, the pacing in some of the episodes that they did, I don't I don't think it was quite as good as, as these originals. Uh, they always ended kind of fast. I've always felt in the last you know five ten minutes of the. Uh, the episode, they, they kind of wrap things up and, and bang, it's it's over and you don't really have anyone talking about what happened, how it affected them. They, they don't go into real depth about it. And I, I think that's one of the shortcomings a little bit. And, and sometimes I think they don't want to hit you over the head with all that. I mean, as a viewer, you should understand what's happened and, and, and feel, you know, a little bit 
whatever you feel or think about the episode. But I, I do miss those kind of little scenes like that. And they've done that on some of the, you know, TNG, I remember doing that quite a few times over many episodes. They did that kind of thing. And I think that's important. I think that's that's what Star Trek is all about in, in, a, in a way is, is there's always messages in these episodes. And the um, the fact that the crew is, is changed a little bit and affected by what happens to them. And I, and I do like, like that situation. Now, I got one little tiny little snippet left to play. Um, just Captain Kirk talking about when the the lieutenant, uh, new Lieutenant Marlena Moreau shows up on the bridge of the Enterprise at the very end of the episode. Uh, she's not the captain's woman on, the, on this Enterprise, but Captain Kirk just has a couple little lines I, I thought were kind of funny. And then I'm going to fade out with uh, with that into a little uh, transmission trans, transition. There we go. Music. And then we're going to come back and talk about collectibles. So be back in a moment. She just seemed a nice, likable girl. I think we could become friends. It's possible. All right, I'm back. Uh, So we've talked about uh, Mirror Mirror, a really uh, wonderful... Second season, sorry. Second season Star Trek episode from the original series. Uh, Again, as I usually say, I urge everyone to go out there and take a look at it again. I think they're going to be starting to rerun uh, the original series again on cable sometime soon. And I think it's um, definitely worth watching again. So now we're going to talk about a collectible um, that I I really, really like. It's from, again, Master Replicas. And this is from the Lord of the Rings films. In the beginning of the Lord of the Rings films, uh, Sauron, a uh, big old black guy in black helmet and armor and big old mace swinging it around, uh, has the one ring on his finger, and he gets chopped off in a battle. Uh, and it you know, falls in the ground, and it's the blackened finger with the ring, uh, the one ring still stuck on it. And Master Replicas did an awesome collectible uh, of this about a year or so ago, maybe more than that, that first came out. And I've got some pictures up again. Take a look. The best thing to do is really look at the pictures of it on the website. But it is, um, it lights up. It has all that elvish, or what, I think it's elvish, I guess, writing on the, on the one ring. And you got a little switch on the side of it with a couple of batteries inside, and it glows, and the, the, the writing sort of glows almost like it's on fire. This is difficult to show in, in still photography, but if you look at the photos on my website, you should be able to get a feel for it. There's also a neat little, it has a motion sensor on the front of the replica that you can set it for either the, the lighted writing on all the time, or you can have it uh, come on when someone walks by the, the replica, the lighting will write up, and I, I think that's that's a really cool little feature. It's in a nice little case, keep it all nice and dust-free. It's got a little base that the finger sits on, so I think it's, uh, it's a real nice item. So take a look. I think they're out of... Uh, stock. I'll have to take a look at the Master Replicas. because if it's still in stock, I'll link it on the show notes for this week. And you can also always look on eBay for these things. This is not really a real super expensive Master Replicas item either. It's uh, it's pretty reasonable for, for them at least. Uh, maybe for some people it might not seem so reasonable. But I really enjoy it. They did a nice uh, Lord of the Rings uh, Sting sword replica that lights up and glows. You can also see pictures in the collection uh, on my website of that. 
which I'll talk about a little bit more in a, in a future podcast. But they had a few nice Lord of the Rings items. They were going to do more, but they, uh, I don't know if they were selling that well or what what the situation. Uh, United Cutlery does a lot of nice swords and things from the Lord of the Rings films, but Master Replicas hasn't put out really a lot of uh, a lot of replicas from the Lord of the Rings. But there are a lot of companies that have, and you can find those on the web always. So, so anyway, that's about it for this week's show. Uh, I've got to get this, uh, trying to get this podcast finished up and get it uploaded before I head out to the movies in a while. And I, I just want to again say I really appreciate everyone emailing. The, the email for the show is treksf at gmail.com. I always try to respond uh, as quick as I can to any emails I get. And then obviously I, I spend a little time on each podcast talking about those emails. So you'll get a response from me, and the show is growing. I've, I'm getting uh, checking out the statistics on my uh, website, and we're, we're up quite a few listeners in the past few shows. Actually, the uh, the biggest download so far that I've done, I think, is, is the last week's show with the, the group show that I did over Skype with some of the people from the forums, which I wasn't, wasn't quite sure how that show was going to go. Originally, when I recorded it, it was just a test. It was more of a technical test, talk to some of the guys on the forums and get to know each other a little bit more. But it wasn't really, I, I didn't know at the time whether it would be something I'd want to upload completely to a podcast, but it came out pretty well, I thought, and I thought people out there who have listened to the show for a while would be uh, interested to hear it. So that one was pretty uh, pretty popular as a download. But anyway, we're going to wrap things up for this week. I want to have everyone uh, just um, enjoy, uh, enjoy your week. Uh, hopefully it's not too cold or too snowing wherever you're at. Where I'm at, it's... Uh, it really hasn't been that bad this winter so far. I think the uh, the weather's been pretty good. We've had some some cold, some snow, but it, it kind of melts and comes goes away for a while, and then it comes back, and not been too bad. Um, so that's about it for Rico, Treks and Sci-Fi. Again, you guys all know the website, www.treksf or treksandsci-fi.com. Please uh, send a voice message to the, the voicemail line. Uh, that is 206 206- 88 treks with an s on the end of it the number again is on the podcast section of the website if you don't want to write it down you can find it there and uh, like i said really enjoying doing the show and if you guys have any particular topics or episodes you'd like me to look at you know please email me and i i I definitely be uh be interested to hear what your opinions are it takes obviously there's a lot of star trek material out there going to take a long time to get through it all I don't know if I ever will, probably not, but um, I'm doing my best. So hope everyone's still enjoying the show. Have a great week, everybody. See you next Sunday with another podcast from Treks and Sci-Fi. This is Rico signing off. Bye. This has been a Rick Dosti production. 